Welcome to Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs. At Shouts of Grace Radio, it is our purpose to encourage you to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as a foundation for a genuine relationship with God. Now, let's join Pastor Steve for today's conversation. Hey, welcome back to the program, and we are, as always, blessed that you have decided to take some time out of your busy schedule and to join us here on Shouts of Grace Radio as we dive into God's Word with conversation, having meaning in life. And so we hope that you are having a great day. If you are a return listener, we want to say welcome back and thank you for your support As always, we want to give a shout out to Key Radio for their use of the studios here in Provo, Utah. And if you are a return listener, we invite you, or I'm sorry, a new listener, we invite you to be a return listener. And you can do that by simply going to our website at shoutsofgraceradio.com. And there you have two and a half years of episodes. Just click on one, listen to a couple minutes, and then you will be a return listener here. And so um, there's all kinds of uh, topics there and different uh, things that we've gone through over the last two and a half years uh, with a number of guests. And speaking of a number of guests, as you know, here on Shouts of Grace Radio, if you are a return listener, we have different uh, pastors from really around the country that, that um, around the, almost around, no, I can't say around the world yet. I haven't had somebody call in from out of the country yet. It might be a little tricky, but definitely from um, from around the country, from different states, pastor friends of mine. And so, and oftentimes we have some here in studio. And so today is one of those cases in studio. Today we have uh, a friend of mine and a pastor at uh, Redemption Hill and, and Church Planter, uh, Pastor Mike Cunningham. What's up, my brother? Good to see you. Glad to be here. Yeah, I, I would say good to see you, except I see two of you um, because, because <laughs> it's getting my, better. It's going to get better. Yeah, you know, it's. It, I, I'm going to tell you something about the Lord, man. That's so good. Is is I'm you know for those of you that don't know, um, you know, I've I've had some some trauma to the fourth nerve in my in my um, in my neck, and so um, the the vision I see is double. It's stacked. Everything's stacked, um, and so. Uh, they say it's going to take three, six months. But anyway, um, yes, yesterday I was just really down. Um, and beforehand, I'm thinking, God, is this going to, before service, is this going to be a permanent thing? And I was just super depressed. And and I just remember praying, Lord, I, I need I need, I need, need something today. I need you to give me something today and pick me up. And so uh, we had um, some newcomers come to our church, um, these two ladies, and they came up afterwards. The mom was about 75 and the, and the daughter was about, I mean, probably about, I don't know, 47, 48. Anyway, um, they had just told me that they had just left um, their particular church after being there their whole life. Um, and I was just, you know, I was, I was blown away. And of course I wanted to know their story. And so I asked them, I said, well, if you don't mind me asking me, 75 years in a certain religious tradition is a long time. You know, what in the world got you to, to, to leave? And she just said, the older lady said, you know, I never felt good enough for Jesus. Hmm. I just felt like I, I would go to bed at night wondering, was I good enough today? Was I good enough today? And, and it just wears on you after a while, she said. And now she goes, all I, all I want is Jesus. And, and she actually said, you know, I, I, I heard the name of Jesus. This is the first time she was at our church. I heard the name of Jesus more in the first song than I've heard in any meeting that we've ever had, you know, one, one particular meeting. Um, at her at the church that she was going to, and so, but but the the, the real thing that was encouraging is, is she said, you know, um, we have about eight 
about eight or nine ladies that are very much like like us that get together, you know, and kind of confused about some things. And and all we do is go through the Bible every Thursday. And, and I was just wondering, would you be willing to come and, and would you be willing to maybe ask answer some questions about some things we're kind of confused about? And and it was, you know, it was God's answer to my prayer. And I just told her, I said, you know, you're an answer to prayer because I was asking that the Lord would pick me up and you just did that. And so absolutely we'd be willing to go. And so um, anyway, it was just a, a great, a great time. Um, so isn't my, it great the way that God provides encouragement just at the right moment? Oh, dude, it's just so I'm so, you know, I'm still, I'm still, you know, soaring high today. It's just like, thank you, Lord. It's like, it's like, you know, so sometimes in Utah you get, it's, it's like, I used to surf a lot. And so you'd, you'd get, you'd, you'd fall or you'd, you wipe out in the impact zone. And then all of a sudden another wave would come and bam, you'd be at the bottom and running around and the rolling around in the washing machine. You'd come up just enough to get a breath and bam, another one would hit you. <laughs> and and there's a couple of times you almost die doing it, but you know, it's, I feel like that sometimes in ministry, you just get drilled and you're rolling around on the bottom and you swim to the top just to take a breath and then you get hit again and you go back down. And and this is one of those breaths. It's just like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm going to make it. <laughs> I'm going to live. And so um, anyway, it was it was a blessing. So Mike, my, my, today what I want to do is I want to I read Psalm 15. It's a short psalm. We're yep. going through a series here um, um, over the last few months called Hopping Through the Psalms. And so we're just taking, not, not in any particular order, we're just taking some psalms and kind of unpacking them and going through. And so um, I want to read Psalm 15 and then I want to, kind of hit the ball into your court and, and kind of tell us tell us what some of this means. Um, psalm 15, if you're following along, I'm going to be reading out of the CSB version. It's a Psalm of David, and it says in verse 1, Lord, who can dwell in your tent? Who can live on your holy mountain? The one who lives blamelessly, practices righteousness, and acknowledges the truth in his heart, who does not slander with his tongue, who does not harm his friend or discredit his neighbor, who despises the one rejected by the Lord, but honors the one who fears the Lord, who keeps his word, whatever the cost, who does not lend his silver at interest or take a bribe against the innocent. The one who does these things will never be shaken. Mike, as a believer, one of the things that um, is most important is my nearness to God, you right. know, and, and my closeness to God and being where God's at. And and as a believer, when that distance spreads itself out, I can feel it. I can sense it. And and so in this psalm, you know, he starts off by saying, uh, Lord, who can dwell in your tent? Right. And that's talking about a, an intimacy, a closeness. Right. Um, who can live on your mountain? Who can be with you? Right. But then he kicks this off and, and I almost want to hang my head. <laughs> he says, <laughs> the one who lives blamelessly. Right. Mike, help us understand that because I'm just thinking to myself, well, I don't live blamelessly. What, what's he talking about there? Because is that is that a disqualifier? Can I not be in the tent of God? You know, without grace and without the gospel, this is a, a recipe for legalism. Hmm. And it's a way to make yourself feel terrible and apart from God. And so sometimes, you know, you go to your devotion life. And if you're not in the right frame of mind, you can leave your devotion life feeling worse than you did when you got there. I don't know if you've ever <laughs> felt that way. Um, so on the one hand, it can convict. But the backdrop of this passage is the tabernacle at Mount Zion or the Ark of the Covenant, which separ- which it symbolized God's presence. And so it's more about our, you know, you, you're going to go into this, this this dwelling, but it's less interested in the dwelling place of, of, of that situation and our sanctuary. Our, what kind of temple are we producing in our lives in terms of, you know, is God, you know, is that gospel working in us? Is that gospel per- perfecting our, our, 
our character? Is that gospel making us more like Christ in our daily walk? Because it, it, this is not a standard that we climb to, like we're supposed to overcome some kind of huge thing to get God's favor. This is the miracle that God works in our life on a daily basis by being in his presence, the same way that that holiness of that, of that, that dwelling place is, can be in our life. And those qualities then are not something that we generate for God's behalf, but he generates and perfects that in our life and, and, and produces fruit in our life. Amen. You know, he says something interesting in verse one, as you're talking, I'm kind of looking at this again. He says, who can live on your holy mountain? Right. God is holy, right? I mean, that was one of the things he he introduced to himself in the first conversation with Moses. Take off your shoes. The place you stand is holy ground. God's command for us is to be holy as he is holy. There's a, this is being misconstrued today. There, there's a lot of people that, that are now saying, you know, I don't, I don't know how this happened, but, but it's almost as if they're equating holiness and legalism. Right. And, and we don't, well, we don't want to be legal less. Well, how do you balance those, Mike? Because here's the reality. We are still called to holiness. Welcome to my world and your world probably <laughs> too. There have been years where the church has been stylized. We called holiness. You wear this outfit, you have this look, you have this flavor. And yes, sometimes hidden within that is you know, God working in someone's life. I don't want to disqualify or say one group's different than the other, but it was all about the external. It was, I'm going to look like a Christian. I'm going to smell like a Christian. I'm going to act like a Christian. And, and I just watch people suffer in silence and finally kind of fall apart. That's legalism. But when God gets hold of you and, and you're growing in your faith and you're leaning on him and he is perfect, he is the driving force behind, you know, you, you living that holy life then it becomes beautiful. It becomes inspiring. Now, some people will take it wrong because they might be dealing with their own sin or their own issues and might make them uncomfortable. And you might sometimes, in amid that that sanctification process, be called legalistic because they don't understand. But the, the fact of the matter is, is that when you are growing in your faith, God should be refining your character. There mm. should be spiritual fruit from Galatians 5 that mm. are popping up in your life and there should be evidence of that walking relationship with God. Hmm. So, so let me just cut. Let me just cut through the veil here for a second. Um, you know, holiness um, is is not drinking alcohol holy. Is not watching an R-rated movie holy. Is not wearing um, you know too tight of pants holy. Or not showing for a woman cleavage holy. Not. I mean, w- w- you know, give me the list. Is there a list? How do you how do you navigate that? Because there's people listening that will say. This is holy. Yes, this is holy. This is not. How do you navigate that? That represents a very basic, contrived like lists like that. I mean, you know, your obedience comes out of Scripture, a robust reading, understanding, applying of Scripture where God is in prayer life and those other things. When it's generated that way, you're not going off of a checklist. I mean, a checklist is probably the lowest common denominator it's going to, it's going to like, again, it's going to help you look, smell, act, and, you know, pass for a Christian. Mm. But, but it's very easy sometimes to see someone, you know, like if you've ever known someone who's just checking the boxes mm-hmm. and you tell, you know, there's not a devotion life, you know, there's not a relationship, you know, there's not a thirst or a hunger after God mm. in that life. They're just checking lists, whether it's a family tradition or a misunderstanding or just their own personal uh, lifestyle. But like checking a box is the most miserable existence 
Yeah, amen. if you're doing it for the wrong reasons, and that's why we want to liberate people from from that, not so that they can go the other direction and say start start unchecking all those boxes that we're not don't hear what we're not saying. Right. It's if you're checking the box for the wrong reasons, it's going to make you miserable. But when you are walking in faith and growing in your faith, those boxes just kind of get checked anyway, yeah. and 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 you have the, you're empowered and you're passionate about how that's happening. Yeah. Let, let, let's, let's, let's do a little more of this on the other side of the break. Um, I want to, I want to talk a little bit more about something you touched on. You're listening to shouts of grace. We'll be right back. You're listening to shouts of grace with pastor Steve, the radio ministry of redemption Hill church in Saratoga Springs, Utah. For more information about redemption Hill, you can visit our website at rhutah.church. Shouts of Grace Radio is thankful for the encouragement from Key Radio, reaching Utah with the good news of eternal life from their station in Provo, Utah. Now, let's join Pastor Steve for the conclusion of today's conversation. Welcome back to the program. I have in the studio today Pastor Mike Cunningham, one of the pastors at Redemption Hill Church and also starting uh, Grace, going to be starting Grace Church here uh, pretty quick, right? Probably that's the plan. Yeah, that's the plan. Hopefully we'll see We'll see how that God's pans timing. out. Yeah, God's timing. Exactly. Mike, before the break, we were just talking about, we were kind of in Psalm, hopping through Psalm 15, and we were just talking about this idea. You were talking about this idea about what is holy, where it talks about, you know, who can dwell in the tent of the Lord, who can live on God's holy mountain. We want to live close to God. And so there's a call to be holy. And what is actually is holiness? Is it checking the box? I don't drink. I don't swear. I don't chew. I don't run with those that do, right? And and and, and I, I think you touched on something. I just want to, I want to add one thing before we move on is, you know, people come to Jesus Christ at very different spaces different places in their life. And when I mean by different places, both, both, you know, um, in their mind and how they think in their age and also, um, their, their moral trajectory in life. Some people come later in life and they've laid aside a lot of the sins of the adolescence, right? Some people come younger in their life and they're in the midst of the sins of their adolescence. And so to say, I'm a Christian, therefore, let me check this box. I don't do this. I don't do this really kind of kind of robs God of this process of making a person holy. So for example, I'll give you a practical example. When I came to Christ, I came to 23. I was in the height of my of my stupidity, you know, with with sin. I I drank a lot, you know. Um I partied a lot. And so um I thought, okay, well now that I'm a Christian, you know, I, I'm going to church and everything, me, me, me having a few drinks, it really doesn't matter. And, and here's what happened. I wasn't any less of a Christian because I was doing that, but here's what God did. God began to convict my heart about certain things. And over a period of time, I started to have God's mind. And I was the more I hung out with the Lord, the more I started to think like the Lord, right? And God changed me. So his heart became my heart. I put away the sins that so easily beset me or that weight that held me down, and I began to take his heart on matters. And so when we talk about being holy, we're not talking about, like you said, a list, and correct me if I'm wrong, a list on the wall, that's holy, check them off and you're holy. We're talking about a vibrant relationship with God that listens and obeys what they what he what, what God says, and God makes you into that thing. So I could say, if I'm listening to God, I'm in the process of being made holy, and I'm near to God. Is that is? Would you say that's that's right for people that are kind of listening? And they're like, well, where's this list at? <laughs> right, and again, we try to boil it down and make it easy for people because not everyone has read their Bible, and and again, when you have a new convert. They have, they're going to have questions, and, it's, and they're like, well, get down to brass tacks. I mean, it is a process. It is a lifetime. Discipleship is a lifetime process, and you are not done until you go to glory. 
Mm-hmm. And, and the fact of the matter is, is that so you're never done growing. And so that, that says to the person who's just starting this journey, this is a long road ahead, but it's a beautiful road ahead. Mm. It also says the same person who's like, well, I'm of a certain age and I keep these things. So I'm a, I'm a mature Christian. Uh, you know what? You're supposed to be growing until, until you, you go home. So, mm. I mean, that, that, that also, that kind of works on both ends. But what you're talking about, the, again, I want to use the, the, our body as a temple of the Holy Spirit. We are into, when you become a Christian, the Holy Spirit comes into your life. He, he's your counselor. He's your mm. uh, guide. He, he's your comforter in, in difficult times. And, you know, so the temple goes from being this place, this physical place, to being us. We individually are temples of the Holy Spirit. And so, therefore, we don't always treat our temple the way that yeah, <laughs> that yeah. we that we should. And and that sets the expectation of on the one hand, yes, the holiness is so important because we want to be holy because we want to be uh reflect that. But at the same time, it's not it's designed to elevate us, not make us feel bad. And it's mm. it's and something for our benefit. And when we start thinking of ourselves of wow, God is really loves me and, and is working on me and has higher expectations for me than my than I ha- can have for myself. It's a beautiful thing, and, and he will walk through you. He will purify you. He'll forgive you. And, and again, the leading of the Holy Spirit, you just did a series on that, is essential in us walking in this path. And, and again, when you read Psalm, uh, Psalm 15, these are some of the qualities that tend to come out when yeah. we let, let God guide us. Yeah, so, so he answers the question, well, who can live on your holy mountain? The one who lives blamelessly, who practices righteousness. You know, I, I played sports my whole life, and there was the games, and then there was the practices. The practices is where you went over things over and over again. It's where you made the mistakes. It's where you learned. In other words, he doesn't say who can who who can dwell on the holy mountain. Those who have perfected righteousness, right? There's one who's perfected righteousness, but those who practice it, those who continually over and over through redundancy, and they're constantly you know, giving themselves over to righteousness, but there's errors, we make mistakes, we learn. Practice is is just that. It's It talks about repetition. Who has a life that is repetitive with righteousness? Not perfect, right? Sometimes, absolutely, many times, absolutely messing up, but a repetitive acts of righteousness. Um, the next one he says, I want you to touch on this. He says, and who acknowledges the truth in his heart? Um, why why is that important? What, why, if you're going to dwell in the in the presence of the Lord, in the tent of the Lord, why is acknowledging the truth in your heart so important? You're giving honor to God because He's the truth in your heart. And you, and again, our lives point don't point to us. That's why we talked about the difference between this being a legalistic list or something that is the fruit of God's work in our life. Is that when we if we do these things to try to exalt ourselves or try to gain the the um, approval of man? Then they're not going to be. Uh, you're going to miss the point. The truth in our heart is God has, has called us to live His truth, and and we're called, we're held to that standard. And when when we do these things, when we live those things, our lives point to God, and in, in so doing, we point others to God. Yeah, I like what First John one seven says: If we walk in the light, mm. as He Himself is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sins. If we say we have no sin. We're deceiving ourselves, and the truth is not in us. And I, I think acknowledging the truth. You know, I've I've been a Christian for a while. You've been a Christian for a while. Scripture says the proverb says that um, um, 
Every man proclaims his own goodness, but who can find a faithful man? The word faithful there is truthful. We always talk about our own goodness, but God's saying, who can find a truthful man? Who uh, can find a man who assesses his goodness in the right light, right? Because we're always going to talk about, oh yeah, God's saying, I want truth. In fact, he says elsewhere, I want truth in the inward parts, right? That's important because God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him, Jesus said, in spirit and truth. It's it's a primary you know, gateway into worship because truth, whether it's theological truth or just acknowledging the truth about myself when I come into the presence of God in situations where I think I'm right, acknowledging and agreeing with God, right? Isn't that the cornerstone of fellowship with a God of truth? It is. And again, that transcends our backgrounds, our socioeconomics, and those other things. I mean, I, you know, speaking about the legalistic versus the God's got hold of you and, and, the, and the ability to, to live in obedience, there's times I've been in contexts where everyone's in slacks and a nice shirt and they're sinning like crazy. And there's times that I am around people that they, you, the way they dress, you'd think, you know, older generations might think that they're like more countercultural but they're the most godly people. All tatted out and everything Love else. It. And they're godly as all get out. You know, yeah. and I think that, that there, you can't, again, you, you, you know, the, the reason why I'm talking about the temple is that the inside, the relationship guides everything else. And I think that it's important that we, um, you know, focus on that because the exterior is easy to fix. It's easy to, to, do like Halloween. I'm dressed up as a Christian on Sundays, you know? <laughs> and I mean, that's just, I mean, that's just a way of, of basically hiding, you know, doing your own thing. But like when you are, when God has got hold of your life, you can tell when you talk to those people who God's got hold of their life, you can tell. Yeah. And, and I, and I think you're right on that. And one of the things I appreciate about just about somebody who acknowledges the truth in their heart is that always comes out as very genuine, right? I mean, Jesus was, I think it was Nathaniel. He said, behold, an Israelite in who there's no guile, there's no deceit, right? And and you you know people that are just, they, they wear it on their sleeve. They're just as real as it gets. Sometimes they're so raw, they might be offensive, but you're like, man, the, you know, the, this person acknowledges the truth in their heart and it can't help but come out. And then there's the people that got all the right answers. They know exactly what to say. They play the Christian game. And, and you just, I don't, feel comfortable around them. I'm just like, I feel like, man, there, there's more of you that ain't coming out. And I'm not sure, you know, that, <laughs> that this, is, this is a wise way of handling yourself. <laughs> Background has a lot to do with that. When yeah. you have people that come, I mean, there's wonderful godly parents who raise their children and is, and it's just wonderful. And there's times that the kids were sometimes raised in that legalistic checkbox setting where they were not allowed to question and they were not allowed to ever imagine a, a situation. You're never from age zero to 18. You were never allowed to make a mistake or ask a question. There's, there's times that people are, are damaged from that and they yeah. can't let someone in. But the fact of the matter is, is there's grace for that person as much as there's grace for someone who maybe came up in a harder situation. Yeah. Amen. Mike, we're almost out of time. So I'm just going to fly through this. Um, it says the person who can be in God's presence, they don't slander with their tongue. Mm -hmm. They don't, he doesn't harm his friend or discredit his neighbor. Um, who he talks about despising the one rejected by God, honoring the people who fear the Lord. I think that's talking about fellowshipping with the right people. But then in the end, he says, uh, whoever does these things will never be shaken. And so there is a part of Christianity that is a, that is a does. It's a, not a does for, it's a does from. In the last 30 seconds, explain what that is. Not doing for, but doing from a salvation. Well, I mean, seeing if you have someone who is claiming to be Christ and they're breaking every one of these, <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, or, or most of them or some, I mean, there's right. the thing, we all have habitual sin that we try to deal with in our life, 
But there's never going to become a point where you just, we just say, grace, no legalism, do what you want, show up on Sunday, God's got you. That is a misinterpretation of Scripture. Yeah, amen. Hey, we just ran out of time. I mean, right. this thing went by so fast, but... Um, you know, you'll, Mike, Mike's a regular on the program, so we'll, we can we can pick up this conversation deeper in the in the in, in a future episode. Hey, we are glad you joined us. Thank you so much, and we will see you next time. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Shouts of Grace Radio: Practical Conversations from God's Word, hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson. We hope that you have been encouraged to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. If today's conversation encouraged you in your journey following and learning more about Jesus, we would love to hear from you. You can visit us online at shoutsofgraceradio.com. At shoutsofgraceradio.com, you can listen to all of our episodes, share them online with your friends, and find out more about Pastor Steve. Shouts of Grace is an outreach of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs, Utah. Thank you again for joining us on today's show. And from all of us at Shouts of Grace, it is our prayer that you would grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. Shout!